Welcome back to another episode of Chappy Chats. Been a good week. Had a day off last week for a holiday and then worked a whole week. But uh, because of teaching classes and everything, I really didn't have to teach much to get a Friday off because I had in the hours by teaching on Tuesday and Thursday evening. So another three-day weekend for me. Now it's Sunday. It's time for a podcast, and then it'll be time to go back to work. So what have you talked about this week? Well, this week I had a thought run through my head, and as most of you know, if you've listened to this podcast, that sometimes you can see that I have some pretty strange thoughts about some things, and I'm quite sure that you don't agree or you're scratching your head or maybe you've come around to agreeing with them. But what I was thinking about was the fact of all the news about the bank failures and the war in Ukraine and the money we're spending there and the divisiveness of the American public. They tell us we're so divided we've never been as divided as we are today and how each party throws at the other party that they're just a bunch of crooks and they want to cheat you and take away from you and not do what is best for you. And in all of that, there came my thought of, boy, did we mess up. We messed up about like Israel, but not in the same way as Israel messed up. Israel was going along pretty good. If you read their story, whether you believe it or not, maybe you've read it, that they're gone to Egypt in bondage and they're there and they're getting treated terribly and then God brings them out and he helps them gain all the land. Now, of course, that was after a 40-year detour because they didn't want to trust and believe in God enough. And then they got to going and there came a point that the priests uh, were over them and the sons started looking out for themselves and wanting gain and You know, that's kind of how human beings are. Just think about the politicians today. They go to Washington with all these great ideas, and then all of a sudden they come out the back end when they retire at 70, 80, or better years old, and they went in as maybe middle-class people, and now they're upper-class people with more money than they had when they started. And so I think they were after gain also. Maybe not all of them. Maybe not the intent of why they went there. But when they got there, that's kind of what happened. And then besides that, we have those that I would call being clownish today in Congress and in the Senate because they don't really do anything. They are just the people that we see. But all the bureaucrats behind it that have a job that you can't hardly get rid of, and they make regulations and decisions that govern our lives and all. And so... We have become slaves to them. How do I know that? Well, just look at school districts. They take money from the federal government. Then they have to do what the government says or they won't get the money. Well, now they've got the money and they're used to the money and they can't do without the money, so they're the slave. Or think about any industry that gets money from the government. They've learned to live off that money and they can't not live off of that money. And so now they are in the grasp of the government, and they are a slave to it. Or think about us. If you're a person that counts on the government to give you money every year because you get breaks and credits, and come tax time, you don't pay, but you get money back, you're dependent on the government to give that to you, even if you're like me in Social Security. And yes, I have other retirement, but I count on the Social Security, so even I'm a slave, though I say I don't owe anything. 
and I don't, I'm still a slave to the government. And so as I thought about those things, it wandered off into the area of faith because I've been having some discussions with people and they just don't understand how I have faith in a God that I cannot see, in a God that I cannot prove, in a God, though I've said before, they can't disprove. But how can I see this omnipotent being that is my beneficiary, that cares for me, that wants my good? How can I absolutely believe in that? Well, that got me to thinking as I was sitting in church today, and I thought about when Israel wanted a king. Again, as I said earlier in this podcast, because the priest's sons had gone off for gain, and like so many other people in government today, they went after gain, and they wanted to stay in that position of power, but the people didn't like that, so they came to Samuel and said, appoint us a king. Well, he, of course, got upset about that because he felt like they were rejecting him, and God told him, no, let them have it. They're rejecting me, not you. And then he said, but before you let them have a king, you tell them everything that the king's going to do in being their king. And I found it interesting because I think you'll realize that what he said about a king then could be said about our government now. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king. He said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots, and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint of himself commanders of thousands, commanders of fifties, some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest, and to make his implements of war and equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. In the day you cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. Now you're thinking, hey, Ken, hey, chappy chats, we don't have that today. Oh, we don't? No, we don't, because I can say we don't have a draft, so whoever's in the military is in the military by themselves. But our king, our government, takes our young men and our young women who are willing to serve, and he sends them off to every part of the world and to be in dangerous places to uphold his power. So what is the difference? He takes a tenth and actually, the lowest marginal rate's probably around 12% if you pay any taxes at all. So he takes a twelfth of your income, and he uses it for whatever he wants. What's the difference in the king that was described in First Samuel? And we could go on and on about how he's taken lands and uses them for government. You've heard of the thing of eminent domain. Oh, I need a highway. Tough luck. I'm going to pay you the money that I think it's worth a fair market value. But if you don't want to do that, I'll just take your land from you and I'll condemn it in eminent domain. So you see, this was not just a warning to the Israelites. This was a warning to everybody. And that got me thinking further. You know, we'll believe in an omnipotent government in this country based in Washington, D.C., who can take care of us no matter what. 
Well, you know, they're a lot like the TV commercial where the guy's riding on a ride in lawnmower and he talks about his house and his boat and his swimming pool and his cars and everything. And he says, I'm up to my debt and I, my eyeball's in debt and I can't get out. Somebody help me. Well, you know, you know what the government's response is in our day? Oh, just raise the spending limit. Raise the ceiling. We'll just spend more money. We'll just print more money. They're just printing it out of thin air. There's nothing backing it up. You know, they used to say your money's not worth the paper it's printed on. Well, it's really not. And yet, we'll believe in that government to bail us out in our health care, to bail us out in our needs, and we'll trust in them that they'll do this and, and have faith in it. And it has become our religion. So, as I wrap up this podcast, I want to ask you, am I more foolish by believing in God who created a wonderful place and has provided me with everything that I could ever need or want and the ability to get it and to use it? Am I somehow not as smart as those that believe in an omnipotent government that lives miles away, that takes the same things that they said a king would take, who doesn't really love me, who in some cases, depending on which one is, calls me a hick, a dummy, a deplorable because I believe a certain way, and they do not. So I'm a dummy, because I believe in a God that rose his son from the dead, who said he owns the cattle on a thousand hill, who said he's preparing a place, and that he'll come back and give me that place to live. I'm the dummy, because I'm believing on something I can not see, but I can see the results of. And yet, you believe in someone that you don't see, I mean, yeah, you elect your congressman and your senators and you send them, you elect your president, but does he come around? Does he shake your hand? Is he there? Or is he just on a TV screen making proclamations about how good it's going to be or how bad it's not? And just hold on, and I'll take care of it. Empty promises, folks. Jesus promised that he would be crucified. He would die. He would be buried and he would be raised from the dead. And that's exactly what he did. Has any politician ever really delivered on the things they said they would? I don't think so. So that's my rant for today. I think that I'm on more solid ground believing, having my faith in a person who has shown nothing but service and love towards me as a human being. Until next time, Blessing, protection, and favor.